0: Coaches, welcome back to the Championship Vision Podcast. This is Coach Kevin Furtado. Today is episode 195 with Coach Kyle Snipes. He's the head girls basketball coach at St. Pius X High School in Atlanta, Georgia. Kyle Snipes enters his 12th season as the head girls varsity coach in 2020-21 and is also the communications coordinator at St. Pius X. In his first 11 seasons, the Golden Lions are 232-93 and 93 and have captured two state championships and four region titles. In 2020, the Golden Lions finished 21-8, and eight, won the Region 8 championship, and advanced to the second round of the state playoffs for the second straight year. The 2019 squad finished 14-15, and 15, was re- region runner-up, and advanced to the second round of the state playoffs. Advancing to the state tournament for the eighth straight year in 2018, the Golden Lions finished 14 and 12. In 2017, St. Pius X finished the year with a 12 and 17 record and qualified for the state tournament. In 2016, the Golden Lions finished 17 and 11 and advanced to the state playoffs for the sixth straight year. The 2015 campaign concluded with a 27 and 4 record and an Elite Eight appearance in the state tournament. The Golden Lions also finished 18-0 in Region 6A, the fifth consecutive undefeated region season, including a string of 75 consecutive regular season region wins dating to January 2010. In 2013 and 2014, the team finished with an identical 30-3 record and back-to-back AAA state championships. The 2012 campaign finished with another state playoff appearance, and a 24 5 record, including a second consecutive undefeated series in sub region play. In 2011, St. Pius X finished 25 6, capturing the Region 5 championship by defeating AAA number one ranked Columbia and advanced to the Elite Eight for the first time in four seasons. In his first season, the Golden Lions finished 18 9. Snipes joined St. Pius X after coaching stints with the women's basketball programs at Georgia Tech, UNC Wilmington, and Georgia State. Prior to coaching women's basketball, Snipes spent five years on the men's side at Wake Forest and Erskine College. During his time in Winston-Salem, the Demon Deacons captured the 2000 National Invitation Tournament Championship. He also was mentored nine all-conference all players in his career. Snipes earned his Bachelor of Arts in Communications from Wake Forest University, where he was a student manager with the men's basketball team, which won the 1995 ACC Championship. He completed his Master of Education degree from Liberty University. Snipes is a native of Hillsboro, North Carolina, and is married to the former Melissa Jenkins of Houston, Texas. The couple has three daughters, Megan Molly and Mary Mason. Coaches, let's welcome Coach Kyle Snipes.
1: Hear me, hey Kyle. Okay, good. All right, we got you.
0: <laughs> hey, welcome to the podcast, man. I um, uh, appreciate you joining me on this uh, on this Friday, man. I think you're probably getting ready for school, aren't you?
1: We are. We start well first. Thanks for having me. Uh, we're um, mm-hmm. we start. I, we head back August 5th, and then the students come back the 12th.
0: Oh, okay, so you're a little bit later. Yeah, we're actually we're one of the earliest schools. I think we're trying to prove a point like we can start early. I mean, our, our school is crazy, but, um uh, man, it's, right now it is the most different and I, I'm sure I'm not the only one that feels that way. I mean, we, it's, it's not the same as usual, is it?
1: No, no, it's not. Um, you know, you're getting emails about would you rather work from home or, um, you know, the, our kids, you know, we, um, Thankfully, they're going to be in school, but, you know, all the emails we're getting about the protocols, what we can wear. I think we got one yesterday that we can wear scrubs, you know, uh, like professional looking scrubs, not um, wow. not like, uh, you know, a bunch of, you know, no designs or anything on them, but <laughs> I'll still wear a polo and khakis, but uh, you know, yeah, just yeah
0: times are, yeah, times are different. Uh, hey, we're, we're so glad to have Kyle Snipes here, the head girls coach at uh, St. Pius in Atlanta. So excited. Uh, I try to interview as many Georgia coaches as I can because I know our state has a bunch of good ones that a lot of people don't realize that we have. Um, Kyle, tell a little bit about uh, growing up in the game and talk a little bit about yourself. I, how You just kind of fell in love with the game and became a coach
1: that that's that's really it i grew up right outside of chapel hill north carolina uh right there in the middle of tobacco road so um i grew and i grew up when uh at first it was norm sloan was at nc state dean smith mm-hmm. at carolina uh carl Tacey at wake forest and uh bill foster at duke and then i'm starting sure. to myself a little bit and then you know sheshevsky <laughs> and valvano came in uh at, to duke and state respectively and and um And I just kind of got hooked. You know, there was a good game every night. We actually had season tickets to to Carolina, which is funny when people find out I went to Wake Forest. Um, And uh, I didn't miss any, you know, Carmichael Auditorium. would go, You know, didn't miss any games there. Uh, Missed a few at Smith. Of course, I think the first game I really ever missed was the first game when I was at Wake Forest as a freshman. Uh, I went there and, and was a, you know, I chose... Chose to become a student manager there, uh when Dave Odom, Uh I think it was his third year there. We had a nice run. We had Rodney Rogers, uh Tim uh Randolph Childress, Tim Duncan.
0: Yeah, good team. Really good good
1: teams, team. You know, and uh and Rodney, I, I we were at uh, our high schools, Rodney Rogers went to Hillside, I went to Orange. So we played against each other in high school. Um, our schools and I knew him. Um I had known him for a long time and then just kind of, you know, got the bug being a manager and for four years there with coach Odom and, and went away to coach at Erskine college in South Carolina, small division two school in due West South Carolina was uh, fortunate to be able to go back with coach Odom at Wake Forest and basketball operations at the end, 98.01. When he left there, I bounced down here to tech with the women with Agnes Baranato and Michelle Joseph. And then, UNC Wilmington for a couple of years then back here with Georgia state and then uh, and then the you know Melissa we, we um, Melissa got pregnant with Megan and it just felt like the right time the pious job just happened to come open at the right time Agnes had sent her kids to school there I reached out to her to see if she could just help me with a conversation with the athletic director and you know now here we sit twelve years later. <clears throat>
0: Yeah, and you've done a fabulous job there. Um and it's just, just a consistent winner. I enjoy talking to coaches. Yeah, I think the other day I spoke with a coach who's just starting out, but is having immediate success. I think what's a good sign of a coach is what you do over time, right, Kyle? You've well, been consistent over time.
1: Well, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you you know, you think of you think of Coach Smith at North Carolina and um Mm-hmm. And obviously Coach Wooden at UCLA and then, and even Coach Stacey and Coach Odom, and I'll, I'll go back to Wake, you know, uh, Coach Wake, – Wake's a very di- – you know, it was a very difficult place to, to win, you know, sustained success because, you know, it's Carolina and Duke and NC State there and you're kind of getting the fourth. I don't want to say you're getting the fourth because we, we were able to get good players. But, you know, most kids don't dream – when they grow up in North Carolina, they dream to go to Carolina or Duke. Um Maybe state I, I don't know. Um, so the su- success they were able to sustain, and the kids they were able to get there and recruit. Um, you know, it's just being consistent is is the main thing, and and being able to to adapt uh, adapt to to the players is over the court. Even in my twelve years here, I've had to adapt with how they've changed from um, you know the first group. They were really into scouting reports. They were really into preparation for the opponent to now we're just more you know we we, and and it was all paper you know you give them paper now they watch Uh more film you know we uh we've tried this a couple times with the technology try to teach something in practice and then you know have them record something at home say you know tell us what we taught today Um, i'm drawing a blank of something i could I could, uh, t- you know, how we're going to defend this particular ball screen. What's the ice method on the side screen and roll and and uh, see if they can teach it back, see what they picked up out of it and see if we need to change how we're how we're teaching things. You know, it's just funny how it's how it's changed where it's so much more technology driven, you know, and they, they see the kids, at least our kids want to see it uh, in film. They have to see it, see it drawn up and then they, they can walk through it and then they're But, uh, but yeah, it's it's just funny how it's, how it's changed and you just have to adapt to it. And I think all those good coaches have adapted to it. I don't know that I've adapted to it as well as as those guys do, but um, you know, we've just tried to stay consistent with everything that we do and, and uh, except I've scheduled too hard a few years, but uh, other than that, that, um, you know, it's just, I think it's more adaptation if that makes sense.
0: Oh, I totally agree. I think high school that's that's an that's an immediate criteria right there Kyle. So at high school man, you better adapt because you know you you know, you're, you got to take what you have and build from that. Uh well actually some schools don't, but that's another issue. But um um but yeah, you got to take what you have and try to make something happen. Hey, talk about the key people in your life. I know I have some great coaches like Gene Durden, guys like that who have sure pretty much helped shape my philosophy who has helped shape yours
1: well you know uh and, and I was talking about this with a former uh, uh well he's not a for he was a, he, he he was um an assistant at wake when I was his manager there and uh we were talking about last week about how we both felt like we were so uh fortunate to be able to work with uh you know coach Odom as early as we were in our careers because. He was so good, at, and this is going to sound funny when I say this, he was so good at managing um, at managing the losses. You know, some coaches live and die by every, uh, you know, it's up and down, up and down. And uh, he was kind of steady Eddie all the way through, um, you know, treated, treated each game the same regardless of whether we were playing, you know, a game you're supposed to win or you're playing um, – you know, North Carolina or Duke or somebody of that ilk. He, uh, yeah, just just the ability to be able to put the loss behind you by the next morning after we watch the film and roll on, get ready, make the corrections, get ready for the next game. I think that was huge for me, how, how he um, was able to, you know, not let the wins and losses define who you are as a person. Um, know that this game is, and I'll never forget him saying this one time, you know, this is really a game for kids that us adults screw up really. Um, you know, it's supposed to be fun. And we, we put too, you know, sometimes we put too much, too much pressure on the kids or or whatever, just because of the wins and losses. But, but, um, that, you know, this is what we do. You know, it's not as much who, who we, you know, it is who we are. It's a makeup of who we are, but there's also much more to us and to life than just, Ball and I think that helped a lot um throughout my career some some people I worked with uh I wish they could have worked for him like that um, <laughs> you know the the other the other gentleman was uh you know Ralph Patterson was my first head coach as an assistant coach in my first job out of school as a coach and um just he was he was really the same way and the other thing you know at that level at, at division two and at erskine We were a little different in that we weren't able to go out and get, you know, some junior college players that, that, uh, the other schools in the league could. So, you know, we, we felt like we did a pretty good job, a a good job with who we had, you know, a lot of nights we were going up against grown men, you know, um, with, with young boys, um, so, but how we manage that and how we try to squeeze every ounce out of them and, and, uh, pr- again, preparation, um, and, and, um, uh, I lost my train of thought there on that one with, with our, oh, the other thing was with just the two of us, I really got indoctrinated into every part of the program. You know, I, I was not just coaching one, uh, one particular position, you know, you bounce from post to perimeter, um, you know, doing a majority of the scouting, um, you know, obviously recruiting, you know, uh, the bulk of the recruiting out on the road, uh, evaluating. So that job was great because I got to do it, have my hand in a lot of everything. Um, so those those are two of the, the the prime ones. The other thing with Coach Odom that I got from him was the preparation and the scouting and the game planning. He was that was what he his bailiwick. Um, who's really, really good at that. And, um, and you know, we changed, yeah, I'm not, you know, everybody talks about how Belichick changes such things from game to game. Coach was really, really good at that. We weren't really the same team every game. We would, you know, maybe put something in or maybe put a tweak in a play or t- uh, defend something differently than we have in the past. Uh, or the particular time when you're playing the double round robin in the league back then, you don't do it anymore um, with, you know, whatever the, the 16, 15 teams they have now, um, you know, tweaking something from game to game. So you're not seeing the same team every time. Um, And a lot of that had to do with, you know, um, uh, talent wise, what, when you're going up against some other teams and, uh, and so th- those two things. And then, of course, the coaches around here that I've coached against uh, or have become good friends with, uh, obviously Gene Durden, uh, how he's been able to get uh, buy-in throughout his entire program. Um, I wish he'd write a book or something so I could read it. I'd love to just you – know, <laughs> coaches don't get sabbatical years, you know. Um, right. Teachers or professors get to do that. Coaches don't. I'd love to say embedded with them for a year but then, you know, then I have to find another job because I don't think Pies would let me take a year off. Um, <laughs> uh, Eric, Eric at, at uh, um, Dawson County now, but North Versailles, yeah. when we would uh, get together during the summers, um, you know, his his team, our team, uh, Eric Willis has become, at North O'Connor, become like the brother I never had growing up. Um, he really, you know, he's he's... He's been a really good friend, and he's made us better as a team and made me a better coach just by having to prepare to play him. Uh, I think we've played each other 12 times in in the last four years in the same league, and, uh, you know, I'm sure I'm leaving somebody out, so uh, I apologize if I did. No, not at all. The ones, you know.
0: Yeah, I I have – very thankfully I had uh, all three of those guys on the podcast, and I know – Matter of fact, Eric Wells and I, I man, we're supposed to play some golf, man. I, I mean, should I get strokes from him or or I what?
1: I hear you should get strokes. I've never played with him because honestly, I used to play a lot, and then Megan was born eleven years ago next Wednesday, and I think I've played twelve times since then. You know, so
0: <laughs> exactly, you're a busy man. Oh yeah, uh, uh,
1: yeah, three girls, yeah,
0: no doubt. Yeah, and all three, all three of those guys, and it really. It, I tell you, Gene Durden to me has the most unbelievable coaching tree with all the people he has influenced. Um and but you know what? All of us, don't you agree? Like now in your latter part of your career, um, you know, you're trying to influence either assistant coaches, your players, aren't you? I mean, we're always trying to influence.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, especially uh, you know, we've been fortunate that that we've had uh three kids that played for us, come back, uh, and work for mm-hmm. us as assistants. And I think it's, you know, I used to make fun of, um, not really make fun. I just kind of not, not in public, but I, I would say, you know, Oh, okay. We're going to go hire, hire a former player to be an assistant so that, you know, uh, but, but somebody else doing that. But now that I, then when, once you get them there, you really think about, you know, they played here, they have a vested interest here. Um, they care about the program, you know, and so that, and then I don't know how good of an influence I've been to have gone to nursing school and one's become a strength coach instead of a <laughs> basketball coach. But, but, um, but, you know, just trying to, trying to uh, and, and the players you have, you know, you, you're always going to be um, all the kids you coach, you're, you're always going to be linked to them. Um, and them linked to you, whether they want to be or not, you know, uh, 10, 15 years from now, you hope that they do, um, especially if you win um, with them. Um, you're always linked together. There's that um, common thread, you know, and they're, and they're they're your kids and and and, you know, for better or for worse for them, you're their coach, you know, and you're always linked together. So I always feel like, um, you know, uh, I'm starting to get invited to weddings uh, for kids that played for us. So I feel like sure. I, I've done some, I've, I've been a good, I hope I've been a good influence and it's not just the obligatory. We got to uh, invite coach to come. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, and it's a satisfying feeling when, you know, I, you know, you always get the graduation announcements, but the one that floored me this year, um, I got a, a college graduation announcement from a kid that, uh, was finishing finished at West point this spring. And that just kind of, I, I don't know why, but that just kind of hit a little bit different when you see that a kid, um, yeah, you know, I knew she was at West Point and she was going to, but you see that, A, she's graduating, so that means you've gotten four years older. But, um, but the fact that, that they're now going to, how do I say, they have, they, they've gone to West Point, they are now going to be protecting you, you, you know what I mean, and your country uh in the military. And that's uh that that was a heavy thing to me when I sat down and thought about it. So, you know, um I don't know if that any of that rambling made any sense to you, but it but does how I feel about it, you know.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And it, it's kind of cool. I mean we've had an impact on our kids that we've coached. Uh, hopefully we can have a positive impact. And nobody's perfect. We all make mistakes, but it sounds like you made a tremendous impact and, and building that culture there at St. Pius. Hey, talk about what you're doing now because I know we're working out not as much as we did a, a little while ago. We're not playing games, obviously. Right. Uh, but we're hey hey, we're preparing for a season coming up. I know it might not happen, man, right. but if you got to prepare, like you're gonna play, right, coach? And right. what are you guys what are you guys doing now?
1: Well, what we we what we did in June when we were able to, to do stuff is on Mondays and Wednesdays, we lifted at seven in the morning and then we did about 45 minutes of skill work in in the gym. Um, you know, even when we were able to start quote unquote, scrim, uh, scrimmage each other, we really didn't do much of that. We just worked on some skill stuff about two days a week. And then we have four or five that play that have been playing in July at these events, which that's a whole nother story about how that's going on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, so that, that's pretty much it uh, as a team. Um, we've not put in anything that, uh, cause, cause I mean, you, you've, you've seen us, um, this is the first year in. this will be our 12th year here. This is the first year we've not had a kid six, one or taller. So I've, you know, we used to just, you know, we just run plays and, and pound the ball inside. And now, um, now we're going to be spreading out a little bit more and, and, uh, I was hoping to have the whole summer to kind of get some stuff in and we just haven't been able to do that. And that's fine too. Uh, but that's really all we've been doing as a team, from a team standpoint, uh, from a staff standpoint, we've started looking at, you know, our new regions. We've started looking at film on the new region and seeing what, you know, what we need to be working on in the preseason, um, checking out personnel from teams that are coming back. But that, you know, that's pretty much it. We, we, I just didn't want to risk the scrimmaging and the close quarters. We would put three kids in a basket. We had nineteen out there in our pod, uh, you know, our twenty or less, and and, right. uh, and so, you know, we just worked on basic footwork, and and uh, and trust me, after two and a half months, they needed it, and then shooting, and um, and uh, that's that's really pretty much ball handling. But I, I was just so concerned about. Um, about something happening and us having to shut down, that I just just didn't feel comfortable scrimmaging. Now, in about two months, hopefully, I'll I'll I, I will feel comfortable in two months um, when we're able to to start. I'm, you know, I'm like you. We're preparing to play a season. I mean, we got the email the other day about the shot clocks. Right, Ernie sends it. Says right. hey, nothing's changed. We're still on the original dates. So that's how we're approaching it. And I'm sure everybody else is too.
0: Yeah, and I think that I think the the starting practice date I think is still the same, right? Yeah. Right, Kyle. I don't think anything's changed. No, no, nothing. Nothing's changed.
1: Uh, uh, they, you know, I was, uh, yeah, October twenty sixth, I believe is is the date. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hey, talk about your two state championships. Uh, I mean, many of us don't, don't haven't had that opportunity. Now I, I would not say, uh, and I, I speak to a lot of coaches that have not won, right. and the, to me they're still championship coaches. But that's a that's, you got to be prideful in the fact that you guys won back to back state championships. What was the key separator that made that one that those championships for you? Was it that team chemistry? Was it just talent? I mean, how did y'all win those two?
1: Asia Dur and Jasmine Carter. Um, they helped, uh, but no no kidding. I mean, I say that, uh, but obviously that helped, you know, you know, everybody knows good, good players make good coaches. Um, but she, uh, but, but those two, um, helped, obviously Uh, a lot of it was those kids have been playing together, uh, that, that class had been playing together. They wanted their sophomore, junior years, um, since fifth grade, you know, since fifth or sixth grade so they had really really good chemistry um everybody got along off the floor uh everybody was into each um you know they they there was no the competitive drive of those teams was uh was impressive you know because we, we you know it, it would have been easy for 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 us to, I don't mean this in a in a demeaning way. It would have been easy for us in some games just to not practice for a couple days and roll the ball out, and we were just talent would take over. But those kids fought just as much in practice, uh, competed just as much in practice. Because I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that they knew some of our region games. um, You know, we weren't we weren't going to be tested as much as we should or could, and so they really really got after each other a lot. Uh, in practice, and obviously that carried over into the games. And um, just their attention to detail, uh, their mindset, how they were able to um, turn it on uh, as soon as they stepped out on the floor. You know, they – I mean, you know, they're goofballs. And then as soon as they walk out between the lines, they were like locked in ready for a good two-hour practice. I don't know that we had – I mean, I'm sure we did, and I just can't remember since I'm old. Um, but i can't remember a bad practice in those actually those four years um, you know uh, even Asia's senior year when we lost in the quarters to Buford um, that was a really good team and we uh, i thought you know i thought thought we had all, all four of those years she was here uh, and the two jazz was here um, we had really good competitive nature with the teams they have had a really good competitive drive and, and I, I would have to say that. And the fact we, you know, scored a lot of points helped too, you know. So, but, uh, but it was fun. It was a fun ride. Um, you know, the biggest thing is, and you know this, uh, with friends in the business, it was hard. I mean, I, I had a really hard time when we put, pl- when we were preparing to play Buford because, because, uh, and it's not so much that you're playing Buford. It's that Gene and I are such good friends. It was, and, and it's the same way with Eric uh, Willis this year when we, we had to play a game to see who got into the state playoffs. I hurt just as much for them after we win uh, as as much as I feel good feel feel uh, good for our players, you know. And that's that's the funny thing at coaching. People don't a lot of people that are that that aren't in it or whatever don't don't see that side of it. You know, they just think, hey, we won and that's great. But you know, you hurt for your friend as much as you are enjoying the win for your kids. Now I'm not going to give them the games back, but, uh, but, but uh, I mean, so, um, but I would say that with those, those teams.
0: Yeah. I love that. sounds like that, that competitive excellence. Uh, You can teach that only to a certain degree, right, right? I mean, you have to be fortunate. I think you can really emphasize it in your drills and your culture and everything, but sometimes we are just fortunate to be blessed with, those type of kids um, talk about your, your team coming back now. And what are your, like your non-negotiables? What is St. Pius girls basketball about?
1: Oh, um, well, our squad coming back, you know, we lost our six, two kid Wiley Sheridan. She's actually going down the street to Oglethorpe to play. Um, so that's 13 points and nine rebounds gone. And, and we average about 46 points a game. So 13 points is it's a big deal, but we had a good young, Young group um, coming back, uh, you know, have seven seniors, but uh, three of those started, and then uh, a, a sophomore starter. We we bring four starters back, and we actually bring a fifth back. She sat out last year. Our point guard was a sophomore. She tore ACL playing soccer the spring before sophomore year, so. So we have those kids back. So we're really excited about that. We feel like that, um, that we can build off of last year's season. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we just – we're going to try to play hard. Um, I don't really
2: – you know, we
1: get into uh, – um, we're going to defend, you know. Um, if, you're not, if you don't defend, you're not going to play. It really – you know, it doesn't really matter how many points you score. Um, we, uh, you know, everybody's boxing out every, every possession defensively. Um, I I don't really, you know, a lot of the stuff is intangible that, that we, that we do, um, you know, just good attitude, work hard. Um, I don't, body language is really big with us. I'm, I'm not a big, uh, you know, you just, I'm really more of, would prefer them to be stoic, but you know. Teenage kids aren't going to be stoic, but I'd like for them to, you know, just not, not, uh, no bad, you know, body language is, is really huge for us. Um, uh, positivity really I'm the only one that's supposedly allowed to be negative. Um, and I, I do a pretty good job of it if, if you ask the probably, um, but positivity, good body language, um, you know, just competing, And trying to play hard, and really to play to the best of your ability, Um, and that's that's what we talk about. We everybody, we like everybody just to. And I hate to say this is a cliche now that Belichick, but just do what you're supposed to do uh, when you're supposed to do it, and that's that's kind of how we are. Do what you do best and do it well. Uh, We talk about that a lot, and I know that's.
0: This is Mike May, creator and owner of Practice Planner Live software. I'm excited about partnering with Kevin Furtado and Championship Vision Podcasts. We share a common passion of helping basketball coaches be more effective in their profession. With over 26 years of basketball coaching experience, I created Practice Planner Live with the purpose of saving coaches valuable time in creating efficient and effective practice plans. John Wooden once said, if you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. Practice Planner Live can take your practice planning to a whole nother level with two tools and functionality that will maximize your team's ability to reach their potential.
1: Sounds silly, probably. But um, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much what we are, um, what we try to what we try to build on every day.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, um, hey, if you can get. Three or four of those. That'd be great. It's a it's a it's a fight for your culture every day. Hey, give me an example about body language, Kyle, because oh. we you know, I got to tell you a story. Um, I was one day um, on a huddle. We were, we we're doing huddle and checking out video. And I was kind of criticized, very critical of our kids body language on the bench, uh, which is very rare. But I was looking at mine, going, "Man, my body language is horrible." Right. I was yelling at a ref, and 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 the players were just laughing, and it was the best moment ever. Sometimes you just have to say, "Hey, you know what? My bad as a coach." I, yeah, and that really set the tempo. Like, "Hey, you know what? We're all accountable for poor body language, particularly coaches." What do you think about oh, that?
1: Oh, absolutely. And I'm and and I can tell you just from watching film of our game. Excuse me, uh, of watching. Uh, our games the next morning afterwards and i you know in the way our gym is our setup is behind the benches so you have no choice but to see when the ball comes <laughs> down on your end and, you, and i'm sitting there and there was there was one game last year and i try really hard and it's hard um and anybody's watches play know that i'll have you know i'll have a few things to say to the officials occasionally um some not as nice as others but uh but I saw myself after some, you know, a kid, kid, a kid did, you know, did everything well, and I think at the last minute, may have, I can't even remember what she did, but it was an it was a error out of aggression, you know, it wasn't, she was trying to do something, uh, um, playing hard, you know, doing it the right way, and there was just a mess up at the end. It was, it was a, just, she might have traveled or something but she made a good move. She was you know, doing what we wanted her to do. And, and I think I just, I stood there and I just dropped my head and my shoulders. And I know if she looked over there at me, she was, she's probably like, you know, her her fight fell apart in a thousand pieces. Uh, So, yeah. And, and I even, it's funny you say that about the film because there was a situation that was similar to that, that, that we saw in the film one day, and the girls were laughing at me, but you know, I, i'm I'm just a big belief if you miss a shot you miss a shot let's get back on the other end don't drop your head don't you know drop your shoulders official makes a call you think's a bad call i guarantee you when you watch it on film the next day you're going to realize he was right 95 percent of the time i hate to admit that um yeah but uh don't throw your hands up in the air at him don't or her don't um you know don't don't talk to them um the I just think it look. I think it puts you mentally in it. You're allowing somebody now to dictate your actions. And and that's just, you you just, and I use this a lot because, because a a lot, you know, I, I actually read more about football coaches and I I don't know why that is, but I just, I like their, I like, I just feel like football coaches do a really good job of organizing their their, their uh, organizations, you know, what they've got to deal with because their staffs are so huge. Their teams are so huge. But, um, and I use this a lot, each play, you know, has a life of its own, even in basketball, each trip down the floor, each possession has a life of its own. You, you, and we can't allow something that happened um, two, two possessions ago affect how we're going to execute on this end defensively or or on the offensive end. You know, and so I think that's, we just really try to emphasize that and explain that to the kids. You can't, you know, just keep playing, keep playing, next play, next play. Don't, you know, and the other thing with the body language, you start showing bad body language and then the opponent sees that and they think, you know, okay, we can kick their butts now, you know, we're in their head. They're not thinking about the game. Um, They're more caught up in their own personal selfish, uh, uh, you know, what's happened to them in the game. So now we can, take advantage of that
0: yeah and and i'm not sure if the college and the pro level are are good examples sometimes but uh uh but you know at the high school level definitely you're representing your school right, right. i mean you're representing saint Pius. i can care less about the colleges in the pro right. game um and you're representing you want to be known as a class program i know you do sure go go into your defensive system give us something Special. Now I'm sure Eric Wallace is probably going to be listening to this, so you might have to be careful. But uh, give us something like special that's unique to your defensive
1: system. Well, um, the fact that I'm still, uh, still, well, now that we have the shot clock, shot clock, I'm excited. But I, but um, <laughs> for 12, 11 years now, we have run, you know, we run pack line, um, and that's really hard to do. and, and we don't press a whole lot. Uh, so that's really hard to do at this level without a shot clock. You know, we'll have 60, 90-second defensive possessions. Um, I think that, I mean, a lot of people probably play, um, try to play it as well at this level. The, the thing that we do a little bit differently than some do uh, that play the pack line is, you know, we obviously we, we don't want them to drive outside, you know, drive baseline. Um, but, you know, we switch a lot more than, than pack line teams do. Um, We uh, especially, you don't see post to post screens much anymore because not many teams play three out uh, with three out and then two posts inside. So I don't know even why I bother working on that in the preseason, how we defend that one. Um, Those two things we do. um, We don't, and I just think it's a combination of, of um, our, uh, speed, so to speak. Um, we don't get, we don't really, first of all, we don't guard a post unless she can shoot out beyond 15 feet. If the ball's being reversed, we've got no problem with it being reversed. Whereas some coaches want to keep the ball on one side of the floor. I get that. We're just not going to come out. We're protecting the paint. Um, I mean, at all costs, we're protecting the basket. Um, and, and we don't. And for better or for worse, we we don't put a whole lot of pressure on the ball. And I think that's just kind of happened over the course of time in that, uh, you know, the young ladies think that because you're inside the pack off the ball, um, that when they have the ball, uh, they don't really have to close. You know what I mean? They'll close out, but then they'll drop off a little bit. And some of that has to do with, you know personnel too you don't want to get driven by and and, and uh sometimes we more often than not we're going to face a team that has a little bit more speed than we do so we we give a little bit more cushion uh the other thing we do is we typically don't um we we uh we unless Wiley was involved we switch we almost switch all ball screens now um that when Wiley's involved, when, when, when a post player is involved that we felt like was not as mobile and could switch, we would do, we would do more of a side hedge. We don't have a whole lot of ways we play ball screens. You know, some people have three or four or five ways. Um, we would side hedge and go underneath and let, even if, even if the person was a good shooter, we would go underneath cause we're still trying to protect against the drive off the, off the screen. Um, Th- those are pretty much some things that we do a little bit differently than, than most pack line teams do. But now that we have a shot clock coming in, um, hopefully that'll help a little bit. Uh, we won't have to play those um, marathon possessions.
0: <laughs> yeah, that shot clock is going to be very interesting. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm, I, I'm, I'm not opposed to it, but I'm not a big fan of it simply because, I've always been at schools where I had less talent, right? And, and, and I would grind you. I would grind you out. I mean, I, I mean, so I'm not really a big fan, but I think it's good for the game.
1: You know, I I have conflicting because uh, thoughts on it. Um, I I think some of it's because I've just gotten so used to playing without one. Uh, from a defensive standpoint, I'm excited about it. And a lot of stuff we run with shot uh, or based off shot clock anyway, um, just because they are plays that terminate. Uh, quickly. But um, the other thing is, you know, you're keeping teams, teams are staying, you can't run away and hide anymore from some teams. You know, you, you, uh, you don't have to, they don't have to foul as much. Maybe they can get stops. Um, Possessions are shorter. So you're keeping teams in games longer um, with the shot clock. Now I do see your, and, and that, that could very all, uh, very well be us too in our new region. Where if you know you you want to, I don't know that takes a, that much strategy out, but you'd like to be able to grind some games out too, you know. And we've we've uh, we've done both here. And uh, personally, I'm kind of like you. I like grinding games out. I like the game to be physical and and uh, you know just ground down to a halt. It's probably the reason us in North of play games in the in the uh, upper thirties, low forties, because they're, huh.
0: they're more- right. Yeah, those games, hey, those games, all your shot clock people are gonna say, Well, you know, what about those two teams? And hey, but you know, I I th- I think those games are just as pretty as a game that's 70 to 45. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of merit to that, but that's a whole nether podcast. Coach, go into your offensive system, talk about like again, what is unique to your system? Are you guys gonna real it sounds like to me? You guys really like to have half-court executions. Very important to you.
1: We do. Um, for years, this year was the first year we didn't do it. Uh, for years, we ran the old Carolina secondary break, and you don't you just you don't see that much in women's basketball because because uh, uh, you know with the back screen and everything. It was amazing how mm-hmm. many times we would get that lob to start the game, though. Uh, but we would. Um, we may bring that back this year, but I'm not going to give that away here. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, but but we do. We, we really emphasize execution. We love screening people. We love putting bodies on people, um, especially if you're going to play us, man. We're going to, you know, we're going to headhunt. Um, we have, you know, and, and I don't know if it's good or bad, but we've got – we won't get through them all, but we have a hundred plays, you know, I've got a boatload of plays and we'll, but, (laughs) but we take, we put in and we take out based off of who we're playing. Um, so that, that's a little bit, uh, unique for us. We don't have the whole complete package in now we may pull something later in the game that we know, you know what I mean? Uh, that, that we didn't think we would use, but now we're in a position where we have to, um, we're really big on scoring on out of bounds underneath. Uh, we we um, you know we we practice those a lot. Uh, that's that in, in zone offense we screen zones. We don't run a whole lot of continuity offense against zones. I know most people do. Most people like a lot of cutters. We are we're going to screen. We're going to inside X. Um, we don't ball screen quite as much. That's the one thing we don't do a whole lot of is ball screening. Um, but, yeah, we just – we really like to just get the game into the half court and execute and get the ball to the people we need to get the ball to um, that we feel like can give us the best chance to score and win. And uh, people are like – you know, some people are like, you're not teaching them how – well, we're teaching them execution. Um, but you got to remember the other thing at this level is not everybody's going to have six McDonald's All-Americans on their team. You know, <laughs> not, not everybody's uh, – got an AU program run out of their gym. Um, and that's probably a little controversial to say, but uh, yeah. So, but true. So some of it is as coaches, we like to know who's getting the most shots. We can't run, you know, it, would it be great to run motion? Yeah. I'd love to do it and just let them have some freedom. We teach them how to read screens, teach them how to read screens within this play. And what we, what if, you know, if the defender jumps over top, let's back screen, if your person, switches, let's switch it. If your person helps too, too far, too, you know, too high, we're going to slip it. Um, that's what I meant to say earlier, slip. Um, yeah. you, you know, we're, uh, we do teach them all that, but we also have to know where where we got to get the most shots. <laughs> the, the, the players we need to score need to have, need to be taking the most shots and in positions where they're going to be successful. And that's so that's what we're what we tr- ultimately try to do because and I'm not bemoaning this is high school sports. You have to have multi-sport athletes. But last year we started two two softball players, uh, a, a basketball player and a volleyball player. You know, I mean, it, it, I'm not saying that they they're also basketball players, but they play other sports. So that's another that's another reason why we've got to know who's who's getting shots and where they're getting them from.
0: Yeah, talk about with the shock. well, of course, the shot clock's not going to be fully in next year, but in the next coming two, three years. But um, talk about your play. Because I, I really find this is an interesting study is in your play, you're looking for obviously your main option or on your plays, are you having a decoy and then having your really your main kid come off maybe a, another staggered screen? I mean, how what's your philosophy of your set plays? Well
1: um... – most of them are, are run for the person we need, but also has like a, a you know, secondary and a, and a tertiary um, option. Uh, but most of the time we're trying to get it to the person. Now, occasionally, um, occasionally we, we, you know, we have, we have plays for different people that we look like, um, you know, look like could be going, could be a decoy for the person that's normally taking a lot of shots. The, the one thing we'll do is, is our, our, we like to do and we hope we do a good job with it is our posts and our wing spots are, um, are interchangeable. Um, So, you know, whichever way we run the play, we can run the play, but you know, some, some, some teams will run the play to only one side because they're only trying to get that one kid open. We'll, um, we'll run it to, we feel comfortable running it both ways. I don't know that I feel comfortable sometimes running at the, you know, the other way. So it's for somebody else, but sometimes uh, the situation dictates that. Um, So we do have that. um, We have, you know, we have, we have a lot of, well, we used to have a lot of post-ups. We're not going to have a whole lot now. Um, But, uh, but that, that's, that's pretty much what we try to mirror the play. We also run the same play out of different sets. So you think it's the you think it's a different play if you're scouting it, but then once everything goes, then it's it's the same play, just different set. You know, we'll box it, we'll stack it, we'll invert stack it, we'll one four high it, um, right uh, stuff like that.
0: That's that's interesting. Um, do you find that teams like late in the state tournaments they have you well scouted? How do you counter that if a team is really taking away that? First or even second option. Well, how how do you counter that?
1: Um, just don't run the play. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> Going down the play. Okay, right. I like that. I mean, that's a. I'm just I'm just joking a little bit. <laughs> um, the, the, the thing that we do over the course of the year is um, we we will have we will have um, one play, and then we'll have like four or five different wrinkles off of it. So that right. we can run it, you know, we can run, if we wanted to, we could run all five, five in a row, and it wouldn't be the same thing. you know. And we try to save those until we get deeper in the season, into the second round of region play or the region tournament. We also have a package that we have that's just, you know, um, tournament only. And we'll practice that maybe 10, 15 minutes a week, uh, just one, you know, maybe 10, 15 minute period uh, each week during during the uh during the regular season so that we have it so that when we come back to the tournament portion at the end of the year if we're fortunate enough to get into it we uh we can pull some of those out too so that it's something fresh something new the kid and i'll tell you the kids really love that because they think they're being tricky you know they're like oh we got something new now and it gets it it piques their interest they get they get uh they get excited they really get excited when it works you know when it works in the game they a lot of the times I'll take some of that stuff early, early in the year when we haven't started talking about tournament time and draw it up for, for, you know, when we're in one of our, one of our half court offense blocks and, uh, draw, draw one up for one team and draw one up for the other team. And when, and if they work, they just get, you know, they're like, let's put it in now. Let's, I said, no, no, we're not putting that in now. Well And I'll walk off and act like I've forgotten about it. And then two weeks later, they'll see it. No, wait a minute. Didn't we? So, um, but, you know, it, it varies. There's, there were a couple times in the state tournament where I felt like some te- – you know, Buford's always got you scouted well. I mean, they, they do a great job. Uh, um, you know, North Oconee does a great job having you scouted. And then we would play some teams where I think they just – you know, they, they, they watched some film just to get familiar with you, but for the most part they weren't going to you know, inundate their kids with a whole lot. They were just going to focus on what they did. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and there's that fine line, you know, Kevin, there's that fine line. Do you give them too much? Are you giving them not enough? Um, And, and I walk that a lot uh, with, am I, am I giving them too much stuff? And we've got paralysis by analysis during games and, and uh, they can't really, they're having to think too much instead of just react and just play, you know?
0: Right. Um, And you guys are, are now five, a correct? Correct.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Well, the good thing is, Buford's moving the 6A, so that's a good thing for you guys, I guess.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, um, but it sounds like to me you guys enjoy the challenges of playing a team like Buford as well. Um, talk about like in state tournament play, either on offense or defense, what are some things that you guys have struggled with or you're trying to get better at so you can move to that next level?
1: Um, you know, th- things that we've really struggled with, uh, the last couple of years are, um, especially, especially two. well, even, even this past year, I thought we handled pressure well against Woodward, but, uh, ultimately we, we just didn't score enough. Um, I think, I, I think as we've gotten into state play the last three years, I, our turnovers have just been, you know, outrageous live ball turnovers. I'm, I'm not one of these that's going to lose their mind over dead ball turnovers because you're able to, you know, you're able to set yourself up and defensively and at least give yourself a chance on the, on the, uh, on the defensive end. But the last, if that, if I could go with a common denominator all the way back to 16, is live ball turnovers have been at crucial points of games where we have, um, where where we have the game's been somewhat in the balance or it was like a two or three possession game. And then we just have three, you know, three or four straight live ball turnovers that leave open, you know, easy baskets. And then we're, you know, we're just done there. You know, you can't come back from that. Um, offensively, you know, that, that would be it defensively. I just think, um, you know, I think we've been pretty solid. We've always had a pretty solid defensive game plan, and the, and the ladies have been able to, to try to execute as best they can against who we we're playing with, or playing against, rather. Um, uh, you know, I, I'd probably like to get into a little bit more, uh, press a little bit more as we get deeper in the season, um, mm-hmm. just to try to create some easy baskets for you, because you need easy, ba- easy baskets in the tournament, you know, and and since we don't press a whole lot, that's, that's hard for us.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And I, I I appreciate, I always love picking the brain of coaches about that because we're all trying to learn. Um, Do you think um, the game really the rebounding side and taking care of the ball? I really feel like those are such two key areas. Do we as coaches spend enough time on rebounding? I know, I emphasize rebounding, but it seems to be a common denominator in a lot of wins and losses oh, is rebounding.
1: Yeah. You know, when, when it, it's funny, it's funny you ask me that because um, I go back and forth on this. Se- seasons where we have not, now we've been fortunate the last four years because we've had, um, the tallest girl more often than not. And she's pulling down close to 10, 11 rebounds a game. And we graduated a kid two years, three years ago now, I think, or no, Catherine finished two years ago. She's a volleyball player and she averaged 12 rebounds a game for her career. So we didn't spend a whole lot of time. So I don't know if it's a direct correlation of that. The years we haven't spent a lot of time on rebounding, running rebounding drills and stuff like that. We may do one every, you know, three days a week or something. Are been the years we've rebounded the ball well, and then the other years where we've really put an emphasis on it. And we're, you know, teaching technique and blocking out and and putting bodies on people, you know, cracking people and going and getting the ball. Our rebounding has suffered. You know, so I don't know what the what the balance is there because you need to rebound the ball. I mean, that's how you win. Rebounding a defense to me is how you win. I'm sure that goes all the way back to Dave Odom now. He's the same way um, or was the same way when he was coaching. And that's just kind of been ingrained in me from the beginning. Um, but, yeah, I, I, we've started now, instead of having drills, re, just strict rebounding drills like circle the wagons and stuff like that, we have, uh, we've just decided we're just going to emphasize that we've got one coach that all they're worried about when we go five on five or four on four or, or in our shell drills and stuff is if everybody's boxing, and we're you know and we don't condition you know, I don't waste time running in practice, and I know that sounds um silly but but um we just we don't do it for for- mis- you know we get after them for mistakes and like they do push ups and stuff like that, but we don't put them on a line and make' them run gassers and stuff if they don't you know don't have a box out we'll we'll sub them out sub somebody else in uh and here's the thing on that. When we sub somebody else in for you, you know you've messed up because our rule is we don't sub you. We don't sub in. The kids have to sub themselves in because we think that helps us see who really wants to be out on the floor. Because you'll have hmm. two or three kids. You know, you have two or three kids every year that, that like being on the team, like the t shirts and stuff. But when it's time to practice and get out on the floor and compete, um, they get out there for one or two plays. And usually are trying to wait for somebody to sub them in. Well, we need to <laughs> put on them to do it, and they don't come out for two or three minutes in a in a drill or something. Uh, you know, they've they've pretty much told you they don't want to play. Um, and then that begs the question: Why do you keep them? Well, you know, I'm I'm a little bit more. Pe- a lot of people won't probably won't believe this, but I uh, I can be a little bit too compassionate. Hi, this is Kirk Gilsner of Clackamas Community College Women's Basketball, formerly Oregon City High School Girls Basketball. And as a veteran coach, I'm always looking for new ideas, new things to listen to, somewhere I can improve my coaching. And I've discovered the Championship Vision podcast from Kevin Furtado, and it has become my number one go-to podcast each and every week. Kevin brings in guests that provide a unique perspective, whether it's on X's and O's, philosophy, drill work, whatever it might be. Uh, he's going to get something out there
2: that's going to help me as a coach get better. And I think that's what we should all be doing as coaches is helping each other get better. Uh, Kevin himself is, is always hungry to learn. and You can sense that in his
0: podcast. And so, again, I can't recommend it highly enough. Championship Vision Podcast. Kevin Furtado, keep up the great work.
1: At times, And I uh, keep some people probably sometimes when I shouldn't
0: yeah I mean it's about giving those kids an experience of being on a team too I think that's what it sounds like and and I think that's important though Kyle. hey Kyle, let's go into a, a practice planning because you can't be a consistent winner like you have been without being organized. Talk about what you guys do in practice
1: um well uh we, when we um every day we try to spend twenty twenty minutes it, it's about two hours in the preseason. Uh, before season starts. I mean, you know what I mean when I say preseason, before games start. Um, sure. I want somebody to think we're practicing before October 26th because you know, some people take misconstrue that. Um, you know, we'll go two hours. We'll go about 20 minutes uh, skill work uh, and shots at the beginning and practice if we can. To me, practice is team time. Skill work is in your individual workouts. We still incorporate some skill stuff. Uh, we spend about 45 minutes Um, and I'm probably not going to do the math right, Uh, 40 to 45 minutes on our half court and our um, half court defense and any zone defense we may be um, silly enough to play or me to practice. Um, I'm not a big zone fan, as you can tell. (laughs) And then we'll go into our um, transition offense or or our secondary stuff, um, our press attacks, we work on, those, work on that stuff almost every day. And, and it's funny, Jasmine came back um, from pl- when she played at Georgia. She came back for a couple practices, and she said, you know, I forgot how much we scrimmage. And I said, well, I just think, you know, I think you've got to go um, five on five a lot because that's how the game's played. Now, we still do our shell drills, and we'll do some three-on-three three stuff and two-on-two two when we're building up our defense early in the season. But I think once you get into the season, you guys start scrimmaging more and you have to start scripting stuff out. Like, for example, we will, um, as we get into the season, we'll play what we call four possessions where we actually script the first four possessions of a game uh, based off of who we're playing for, you know, for example, um, you know, if we're playing a team that scores and likes to press after scores, we will start offensively. um, Actually we start with a jump ball. Uh, because we're scripting the first couple of minutes of the game and we will um, whoever wins, you know, you win the toss, you're just, you the other teams on defense and the team that the first or the second unit becomes pious um, on (laughs) offense. Okay. So we've won the, we've won the toss. And so we go against whatever their primary defense is. If it's a zone, we let them get into zone off the tip so that we can run what we want to run on that possession. Then we have, then when we score or if we miss, we come back, we're in, we're, we're in our man and they'll uh, run one of their plays. Then we'll come back against whatever defense, if they're press, if they score and they press, we run our press attack. again. We just try to want to get them used to how the game's going to flow and how the game's going to work. And we feel like that's been pretty successful. And then um, as we get into the season, we, we, uh, games, you know, the last 15 minutes is our scout stuff. We don't do a whole lot of walking through the opponent stuff anymore because we try to go to to cover actions, how we defend actions now. We used to be really big on on uh, you know, they're like they they call tiger. Well, when they call tiger, this was what they run. You know, and then we'll walk them through it how we want to defend it. Now we're just like, okay, this play is going to have you know, it's gonna have a dribble handoff with a backside stagger. We're gonna trail that out like we normally do the dribble handoff. We'll switch it and then we'll, you know, zone up on the in the eye and the on the uh, you know, on the backside, stuff like that, so that they and we will have worked on that in our shell drills and stuff during the preseason so we're not you know, we're not kinda of taking game to game what they do. Now we as coaches know and we know what they're coming out probably gonna come out with a timeout and stuff like that. But our last fifteen minutes once we it's more scout stuff and, and going over personnel and, and stuff like that. And then any new thing we put in, any new thing we put in, we try to walk through the first five minutes of practice, then we stretch. And then at the very end, we'll go through it again so that they're tired, you know, and so they're having their brain is having to, to go into think mode when they're tired so that when they're in games uh, and they're tired late in games, their brain – you know, because, you know, brain's first thing to go when you get tired. And mm-hmm. team, For sure. So we try to keep it engaged so that they're used to that when they get into games. And a lot of times they're not, but we try.
0: Yeah, and I appreciate you uh, sharing that because that's interesting because um, I, I interview a lot of coaches, and some are breakdown guys, small-sided games, technique. I had one coach the other day. He told me he was really uh, – he's been very successful – he says, Coach, we don't scrimmage until the end of the practice and we drill them, drill them, drill them. Oh. And it's like, this guy's had a lot of success, but hey, it's whatever you believe in, right? Yeah,
1: whatever you're comfortable with too. Because kids will see, and you know, this kids will see, kids will see when you're not comfortable with something and, and, uh, and you don't, you're not comfortable with teaching it. And I'll give you a perfect example. The beginning of the year this year, I decided we're going to be more up the line, on the line, cause we have, we had some pretty good length. And we worked on, you know, denying, getting out there, switching everything, and the kids could tell I wasn't bought into it, and I really wasn't because I mean I, I was from a standpoint of, you know, maybe it'll turn p- turn teams over, or it'll be something different, and everybody's seen us pack line for nine, ten years now. It's going to be, you know, and then about midway through the season, even though we had had some success, we started the year twelve and zero. We had two games in a row where. We just were awful, and we got beat both games. And uh, one of them them was the situation where we just weren't quick enough to to play that way against the other team. And so, thankfully, we had so many old kids. We said that next practice, whenever that was after that game, we're going to give a crash course to the two freshmen in pack line for two days before our next game. And we started throwing the three guards back. On defense, when a shot goes up and stuff like well, of course we had that luxury with our size, um, so yeah, I think the kids, if the you just gotta do what you're comfortable with, you know, because the kids can see through it. The kids can tell when you're when you're not comfortable with what you're teaching, you don't, and and you're you're not completely sold on what you're teaching. They can see that.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And, and don't we all fight the battle? I guess you know we want to give our kids repetitions, right? Reps, right? right and mastery and then we want to put them in game situations um i have found out kyle that I, I i do it differently myself i'll do a um a skill and then we'll scrimmage and then i'll go back to the skill because basically what i'm trying to do is teach and then quiz teach Perfect. quiz right. and that's, that's what i believe in. Oh,
1: that's that's i i like that we may we may incorporate some of that <laughs> no I'm, I'm not kidding i, I do like that because you're you're focusing on one thing and then you throw them out there in that situation or what you need, what you want them to do and just see how they react to it. And yeah, it's like, you know, yeah. Teach then test. I, I do like that. Um, but yeah, you it, it's that, again, it's that fine balance of getting enough reps for your, the kids that need the reps. Um, if you, if you catch my drift, I, I, I listened to a sure. podcast with Jeff Van Gundy one time and he was like, um, you know, every, you know, as coaches, we all worry about, you know, how are we going to get this person 12 or 14 minutes that doesn't start, or we need to get him some more. No, you need to play the best players, more minutes, you know, you don't need to be worrying. About uh, sure, Of course that, that works better at other levels than our level. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, you know, always that thing of, are we getting enough reps for the people that need to get the, enough reps? Are we still building the people behind them that don't play as much that, God forbid you have an injury or something and then, and then uh, it's the next person up, you know? So you've got to have build that foundation with them. So you feel comfortable sliding them in too. So yeah, it's a delicate balance with that. And then they, you still want to be able to play and compete, you know, against each other too. So I, I, you know, it is, it is a uh, practice planning is a, is an inexact science, you know?
0: It sure is. Yeah. And, and, and give me something that you do at St. Pius. And I appreciate you kind of sharing what the insights and what you do. Give me like one drill. Somebody, man, I'm going to run that St. Pius drill that oh. Kyle Snyder. Oh. Give me something that you guys love to do.
1: Hold on. Let me think for a minute. What do I love to do? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of the one, think of what we do every. Oh, we close out every day. Uh, I don't know that it helps because you get in games and you're watching film and you're like, that's not how we worked on it. We do closeouts every day. Um, is there, I mean, I'm just trying to think if there's one drill that we do that anybody would really like that we do. Um, it would probably, yeah, I don't know. I, the, the one, the one drill that I enjoy doing, cause I just like torturing the kids and watching them do it is uh trail. We call it the, the, the trail trail and cutter drill where we just put a, um, and if you've seen a Dick Bennett uh, video on DVD of of the pack line or anything like that, you'll, you'll know, we put a post player on either or just any player on either about, uh, about a foot and a half off either lane line, the first hash above the block, they have a person guarding them. And then you've got one person stationed on the, on right underneath the basket and a defender Um, is defending that person and they've got to chase her out off those screens and she just goes back and forth back and forth with a coach ball up at the top and I I love doing that one. we do that about three times a week even if we're not playing anybody that has uh, that that's doing any staggering or any pin downs or anything I just love doing it just to watch them you know and uh, just get them going and we do that early in practice so they're they get a good sweat worked up and they and, and, you know, you know, I like it because when I say, okay, this is what we're doing, you get the, uh you get the grumbles, you know, under their breath, the groaning under their breath. And I'm like, yeah, that, yeah, good. They don't like this. So we're going to, uh, but I don't know if anybody would want to do that. If they like torturing their kids like that.
0: <laughs> no, sounds like a great drill. I mean, you're, you're really working on, you know, toughness, fighting through those screens. And uh that's what it sounds like to me on that. The, the toughness drills to me, are always the key. Uh, you got to have those in your practice. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, you can't make practice easy. Practice got harder than the games. And some, you know,
0: um, yeah, for sure. I mean,
1: that's a cliche. I know everybody says that, but but it's <laughs>
0: true. Yeah. So. Coach, hey, uh, before you go, talk about uh, what you've learned. Man, we've had a lot of time off, Coach. I, you know, I of course I run a podcast, but sure, I've listened to so many different things, virtual clinics. What have you learned? You and your staff have learned this offseason, four or five months during this pandemic, that you're going to carry to this year.
1: Well, we've we've really done a deep dive into uh, the five out, and we've um, you know positionless, uh, which is hard for me because I'm a traditional you know three out two in guy. But um, and we've studied we've studied uh, West Virginia's five out. We have studied. Um, uh villanova's women harry Peretta's five out that they run Mm -hmm. um that has the different screens and and um you know he's got this his numbering system i don't you know and and then we've we've looked at some other stuff um you know i I don't know how much the the brooklyn nets or the i still call them the new jersey nets but the (laughs) yeah and the uh and uh, the Raptors and, and Milwaukee bucks. I don't, I don't know that their five out can translate as well to our level because of the defensive rules. But I think some of the, uh, some of the stuff they run off, out of that, um, you could, you know, like kind of meld into that five out stuff. We've really, we've really gotten into that. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I know coaches read a lot. I, um, or try to read a lot. I, I've not read as much as I really wish I had during this break. Uh, I actually told my wife the other day, I said, you know, I'd be okay with another two week lockdown just so I can, you know, read or, or do some other stuff um, that I, that I didn't get to do around the house other than, you know, cleaning out the garage and stuff like that. Um, (laughs) uh, But, um, you know, we, I've, I've started a few, you know, a couple books. It takes what it takes is obviously a really good book. I find myself every year rereading, and this is a book. It's out of print now. And Bob Starkey always talks about it. And this is how I the assistant at Texas A&M women's assistant. who has been around a long time. Excellent, excellent teacher. Um, to always talked about finding the winning edge by Bill Walsh. And I said, well, I'm going to look and see if I can find it. And this was about 10 years ago. And, um, and I, I looked at it, I'm like, oh man, it's out of print. And they're four hundred and fifty dollars for a book. I can't afford that. And one day on eBay, I just happened to look and there, there was one on an auction that was about to end, and the high bidder was was like 175. And so in like the last 30 seconds, I said, you know what? I'm just gonna deal with 180. And I clicked 180 and got the book and I read it and it's fascinating. And I find myself coming back to that one a lot. And then right now I'm reading the story of In and Out Burger. Um <laughs> the you know In and Out Burger the chain that's that's the book okay yeah so I've read a little bit but yeah we've really done a done a really gotten into the five out stuff and and uh, trying to figure out how that's going to work for us uh, I'm trying not to have I'm trying not to put in mm-hmm. you know three hundred plays um, that we're just shuffling through every night
0: yeah and that's going to be a little bit different right because if if you run a lot of sets the five out is, you know, Hey, you got to rely on decision-making and, and good execution. Right. Oh, of course on the half court sets too. Sure. So that's going to be a little different style, right? It is.
1: And I'm going to have to have a, a, a tremendous amount of patience and, uh, <laughs> yeah, have a lot of grace for the kids, but yeah. And that's why I'm a little disappointed. We didn't have this time in July, June and July to really, uh, and we don't do a whole lot in July. This is, most we've ever done in July, but um, right here. But I really wish we'd had June just to kind of really get some some uh, uh, small sided games with it, just so that they could see how we're reading stuff and, and everything instead of trying to crash course it in a week, you know, two and a half weeks before for our first game.
0: Yeah. And I wish they would just say the Georgia High School. And I, I, I've interviewed Ernie and um, all the guys there. And I wish they would just say, hey, you know what? You guys, if you want to practice, you don't have to do the uh, the four-on-one, whatever. If you want to continue practicing, if you have group kids that are not playing ball sports, go ahead and practice. Um, and I, I'm not sure they really said anything about that. I mean, I think they have, they have to allow basketball to kind of pull the kids that are in travel ball right now and allow us to practice without any penalties.
1: Sure. I, I mean, that would that – would, you know, that – I hate to say this, but anytime you say, say that, that makes sense. Um, normally the opposite uh, happens. Um, so the opposite decision is made. I'm trying to be as diplomatic as possible. You know, if, if they have to push, and I was talking about this to someone the other day, I'd be okay if you push us back to January one, if you have to do that. Um, but let us start practicing in November. Um, right. You know, right. have like a training camp and we can, and then uh, and then if that were the case, waive the weeknight rule and let us go Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday so that we do have a day of prep in between. But since we've gotten so much work done early, if you're, if you're staying with me here and get so much work done early, you're not having to do as much on those off days and you can get game, you know you can get your region games in. I know it's not the traditional Tuesday, Friday format, and some people may not like playing that quick, but how many people play Friday, Saturday games? What what you know I'm you know we're adding a you know adding a day in Tuesday you know Wednesday and and um, you have one day of prep on each, at least. I mean
0: yeah that makes a lot yeah I, I love that and my AD mentioned too Kyle that might be the best thing just to play region games and don't and to have played not because what's going to happen we all know this somebody's going to somebody you play it could be you yeah that you're going to have a COVID situation. You're going to have to be out for 14 days. That allows you to make up those games at a later time, really without penalty um, and uh, just playing less, almost like what the NCAA is doing or just playing conference games.
1: Right. Right. And that, the, and I don't see a problem with that. The only, the only thing I've thought about is what do you do with those regions that have, you know, small numbers, um
0: that's true do, yeah well,
1: no i mean maybe they play each other three times instead of two. play
0: three times yeah i totally agree you
1: know um, i'm okay with that that uh, you know we we would lose out on playing blessed trinity and maris but that would be only that's for sure and that's i mean i'm i'm not i'm not gonna cry myself to sleep over that um because you know at the end of the day re, to, i'm a region i'm a region guy um you know those other games to me are exhibitions. Do I like to win them? Yes, and that's probably not something that you know if you're a pious fan um, like to hear. But uh, but I'm more concerned about league games than I am. Uh, I want to win all, win them all. But if I want, if we're going to win, I'd like for it to be the league games instead. You know.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, we all we all have those gate games, right? You're all right. Those, Friday nights and so forth. and and, and they might say, "Hey, you we're out. Allow, we're allowing you maybe one or two gate games."
1: Sure.
0: Um, I mean, they, hey, right now, man, it's it's we. I think we need more input from the coaches to kind of help this situation out. Which I'm not sure how much they're doing, but um, I think we there's there's solutions to this problem.
1: There, there are. Um, I you know, I just don't know if they're ready to talk about winter sports yet.
0: To be honest. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, maybe I know where us basketball coaches are.
1: Oh
0: yeah! Oh, absolutely! I'm, I'm ready. To go. <laughs> That's right, Kyle. I really appreciate you joining me, man. Sharing about your program, giving great insight. I know uh, I know a lot about your program now. Um, I really appreciate you joining me, man. Thank you. Pre- thank you for being part of our uh, podcast.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you having me. I hope uh, hope everybody was able to stay awake with me talking. You know. Cause
0: oh for sure no for doubt sure, instance, hey how, how can people get a hold of you
1: how, how can they get a hold of me um, yes well uh, the best thing is just my email is k snipes um like wesley but no relation right when you're spelling it at spx.org um and then i can give you my cell phone out of that i'm i i I don't mind giving my cell phone on this, but my wife doesn't like my phone ringing after seven o'clock. Most, most time we instituted, that was the Asia recruiting rule. I didn't take any phone calls after seven 30. You could text, but yeah, cause I was getting, you know, they were calling at all hours of the night and uh, I go to bed at nine 30. So that's, that's hard.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're an early bird, man. I, I, I tell you, or, or yeah, I mean, I like, I love that. Trying to stay healthy.
1: Well, I don't know how good I'm. I don't know how healthy I've stayed, but uh, you know, and I get up about four thirty, quarter five, and now that we have a new yeah. dog, thanks to COVID, um, I'm out walking him now. So
0: yeah, that's great. Yeah, so. Coach, thank you so much, man. I'm hopeful. I'm hoping that we all get to play soon and so forth. And I wish you the best of luck this well, season. Good
1: luck to you guys too. And uh, you know, when you have camp next year, you know, we have team camp next year. Just hit me up. We'll we'll ride down for a day for sure.
0: That'd be great. Absolutely. Uh, And I'll make sure we stay in contact with that. Uh, Thank you so much. I appreciate you sharing. Thank
1: you. Take care. Take care, coach. Bye bye.
2: Hey coaches, this is Brad Hilligas, content producer at Huddle for the NBA NCAA division one and high school basketball. I'm a big fan of coach Furtado's podcast championship vision because it connects coaches around the country that want to continue learning and growing our beloved game. The X's and O's, coaching philosophy, teaching principles, they're all here. And that's a mission that we're working on at Huddle as well. More than 160,000 teams, including the best in the world, use Huddle to elevate their performance with video. But our collection of online tools is much more than that. Mobile desktop apps, smart cameras, video editing, data analytics software, the list goes on. But our goal is to help coaches like you teach the game in a modern way, whether that's connecting with your athletes, communicating your game plan or looking to gain a competitive edge. And if you want to see how Huddle can help your program, visit huddle.com. That's H-U-D-L.com to learn more. And of course, keep listening to the Championship Vision podcast to never stop learning. Hi, I'm Alex Stevenson, Athletic Director and Girls Basketball Coach at Dodd City. I've been at Dodd City for seven years. During those seven years, we've won seven district championships, been to six regional tournaments and three state championship games. I'm a huge fan of this podcast, what it brings, and the platform that we're able to share knowledge and wisdom on and and grow as coaches.